This morning we want to remind us um, about our, our retreat coming up October 12th to the 14th in Roxton, Texas. The, we, we, the, our, the, the theme or topic of our retreat is purposeful living and we sense that God is calling us to, to together to, to find him, to know our purpose for what he has created. Because he, for every human being that is existing and breathing, God has a purpose. And I'm mindful that, that, that we were not just created to, ex to exist or to take up space, but to live in purpose. And, and the only way some, we can know our purpose is as we serve each other. Because I'm mindful that the gift that you have and the gift that I have is to serve each other. And as I serve you and you serve me, we recognize our purposes come up because many times the thing that the Lord has called us to do would have said, oh no, I can't do that. Or oh no, I have that, I can do that, I, I have that naturally. But it's a gift that he has given us to serve and, and as he calls us to serve, we see our purposes manifested. So, so plan to be with us October 12th to the 14th as we come together to explore that which is in us that God has already placed in us. And this morning, we, 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 we are going to be looking at the scripture this morning. And so we just ask the Holy Spirit this morning to come and be the one who illuminates the word. I am mindful that I can never prepare enough. I am mindful that I do not have the words to speak. I am mindful that without God, I can accomplish nothing. And no matter how much I set out to do it, I cannot accomplish it. If he does not empower me or if he's not with me or with any one of us to do that which he calls us to do. Because even for me standing here this morning, I'm realizing I'm walking in purpose. I would have never have chosen this. Actually, I have things that I would have considered even greater fun and easier. But this is what the Lord has called me to do. And I am learning and I'm developing and I'm opening myself up to him to use me. Because as he uses me. I can only grow. So this morning, we want to look at Genesis 12. We're going to be looking at two scriptures. Genesis 12, from verse 1 to 20. And Genesis 26, from 1 to 16. So let us start at Genesis 12. But before I start, I want to... The topic of a message this morning is famine to feast. And we're going to be looking at what famine done. We recognize that famine is a natural occurrence in the life of, 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 of a country, a nation, or a person. But in the Old Testament, we realize that it's an act of God for when the, 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 the God is angry against his people, he brings, he brings famine. Famine, according to Amos, Amos we saw in Amos 8, 11 to 12, Amos speaks about famine in a figurative way where he says it's a famine of hearing the word of God, where there's going to come a time when the word of God will be so rare, it will be like a drought. We will be searching and there will be no word because God would have been withholding his word from the people because he's angry. 
And this morning we want to look at, 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 a, at an entire generation, an entire family, an entire lineage. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and Joseph. But this morning we'll be paying special attention to Abraham and Isaac. And next week we'll be looking at Joseph and Jacob. So in Genesis 12, verse 1, the scripture says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haram or Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his, 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 nephew, ne, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Aaron and they set out for the land of Cana and they arrived there. Abram, I keep saying Abraham, but at the time his name wasn't changed. Is Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offsprings I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say, you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman and then Pharaoh's officials saw her. They praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, men servants and maid servants and camels. The Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and uh, on, uh, on Pharaoh, sorry, on, and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. 
So we see this, the scripture begin by hearing the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. And then he made a covenant with him. He said, I will make you a, into a great nation. And so upon reading the scripture, and as I rem I'm reminding you, the topic is famine to feast. We also recognize, as I said before, that famine is a time of lack, famine is a time of drought, famine is a, is a time of trial, famine is a time of no food and water. It, 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 it can be anything. It's wherever there's a lack or a drought or something not happening, no activity going on in your life, it can be a time of famine. But what I observed as I read this scripture is that it was God who told Abraham to go to the land that he had prepared for him, that he would have given him to his family, and that he would be a great nation in that land. And that land we know is the land of Canaan. And we saw that Abraham obeyed God and he went. The scripture says, so Abraham in verse 4 says, so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. And he took with him his, his nephew Lot, and he took with him his wife and his household. But we recognize that Abraham was there. Famine came. He traveled, and then famine, verse 10 said, now there was famine in the very land that God told Ab Abraham to go. And so we see that God sometimes will lead you, even in for you to, to get the blessing or to get the, 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 the feast that he has in store for you. He sometimes tells you to leave where you are and go to some place that the blessing is. And when you get there, it is like drought. It is so much trials. And, and, and as I thought about it um, when I was preparing, I thought about my own life feeling led by God to leave my country, Jamaica, and to come to United States. And I, when I came, I remembered I never came to a land where everything was flourishing for me. It may have been flourishing for others, but for me, I never experienced that. What I experienced was famine. What I experienced was trials. What I experienced was drought. And I remember wondering, but God, did I hear you correctly? Or why would you bring me into this? And later I recognized it as he revealed a purpose that he, he called me and why he said to me to come. I am understanding Abraham's life. He would have wondered, but God, you told me to leave the land of plenty and to go to a land that you're preparing for me and for my descendants, Canaan. Yet when I'm there, famine comes, drought comes, and I am in lack, I know I'm going to have to leave and to go to Egypt. And so we see in verse 10 that Abraham left and he went to Egypt to live there because the famine was severe. And as he was about to enter Egypt, we see where Abraham became fearful. So he saw, he knew that his wife was beautiful. He knew that going into a foreign land that the men will see his wife. And apparently in those times, they will take her and they, they, they will want to make her his wife. So he said to her, tell them that I am your brother. You are my sister. You are not my wife. And so she obeyed him as we saw. But we recognize that in the midst of hardship, we develop fear to the place that sometimes we forget 
that God can do it. Sometimes when, when, when God brings us through this famine, it's it, 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 it an opportunity for him to test us. And he will test our faith in him. He tests our faith in the famine to see if what you say you believe, Lord, I will worship you. As long as there is breath in me, I will worship you. But in the midst of the famine, will you worship me? In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the drought, when you do not understand and you cannot see my hand, will you trust me? And we saw what happened to Abraham. Abraham's faith diminished. God gave him an opportunity to exercise faith and what we saw was fear. And none of us are in a position to look down on him because in our moments of famine and drought and trials, many times we, we become fearful and we cry out from a place of fear as opposed to a place, from a place of faith. Can Abraham trust the God who brought him to Canaan? Can Abraham trust the God who said to him, leave your family and go to a land that I'm preparing that I'm going to give your descendants? And when he got there, having lived there for a while, we do not know how long, famine came that would say, God, and he would have questioned, God, did you tell me to come? Did I hear you right? Why am I going through this time of drought? But as we recognize more and more that God will bring us into situation for us to exercise our faith. Can you trust the God who brought you from where you were? Where, whatever it is, where, whether it was a physical location or whether it was a job change or it was, it was a move that you sensed that he was telling you to make. Can you trust that the God who brought you into this place can maintain you there? Can you trust the God who brought you out of that particular job that you cried out and said, God, I need a change, and he gave you the change, and then he brought you into a new job? Can you trust him to maintain you there? Can you trust the God who took you from one country to the next country to maintain you there? Abraham had to learn that lesson. Because in famine, famine reveals our faith and our distrust in God's providence. Abraham acted from fear. Because if he never was fearful, he would have never said to his wife, Sarai, tell them I'm your sister. And so we see that Abraham went to Egypt, and as he lived there, he found favor with Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Because they thought he, Sarai was his brother. And the scripture said in verse 16, they treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male, female donkeys, men servants and maid servants and camels. And so we see that God will bless you that even when one place is having famine or one where you were was famine, God will now bless you and give you abundance so, so your scarcity turns into plenty and even though it looked as if it was daunting and and you wonder but God what are you going to be doing what are you doing God why would you tell me to change my job why would you tell me to move why would you tell me to do all of this change my profession 
When you know you have been blessing me in my other profession, you blessed me so much that I, that I recognized it was your hand as opposed to my work. And as I said that, I, I am reminding of even my own life when, when I was in Jamaica and God and I was in construction. I knew at a point that the blessing I was receiving was not because of my hard work. Because there's a point where you think it's because you are working hard or because you are going out there and networking and, God, and, you, ha, and, and you have found favor with man. But there's a point where the blessing overtakes you, where you know it is not about you. It is about God because it's beyond your pay grade. It's beyond your ability. And so, and, and, and then when God says to you, move, take you, I'm moving you to something else. I'm changing your location. I'm changing your name. I'm changing your location. I'm changing everything about you. And in your mind, you said, okay, if God is going to move me, it means that he's going to bless me the same way he blessed me before. Only to see when you arrive into that land, it is worse than you had before. And then you question God. But we saw that because Abraham was obedient, God allowed Pharaoh and the Egyptians to treat him well. And he came out richer than he went out. So although they asked him to leave, they summoned Pharaoh, summoned him in, 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 in verse 18. And he questioned him. He said, what have you done? And in verse 20, we see Pharaoh asking him or giving him orders to leave and sent him on his way. We realize that Abraham left Egypt better than he went. And so God will take us into places where because of famine, he'll allow famine to move us into an area. But we guarantee that if we obey him, we will leave better than we came. And better may look differently. It may be financial. It may be spiritual growth. It may mean different things. But if God tells you to go, he has preparation for you where he sends you. And even though it is difficult, even though it is hard, even though you cannot sometimes understand, but why would God do what he does? Why would he bring me to where I do not want to go? Why would he take me even around people that you don't want? And, 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 and it matters because Abraham was afraid. Why would God bring him around people that he was afraid of? But God knew that he, he could test Abraham's faith. He could cause him to exercise his faith and he could teach him that he was more than enough. And then this morning we're going to look at chapter 26 from verses 1 to 16. And we see again in chapter 26 that now Abraham's son, now that his name changed to Abraham, his son that he got with his wife, with his wife Sarah, and the son's name is Isaac, we see that now Isaac is now experiencing a similar situation as his father did. He's experiencing famine in the very same land that God told them in, in Genesis 12 that this will be this I'm bringing you to a land that I will and I will make you into a great nation. I will bless your people 
And so we see Isaac is now in this land. And the scripture said, now there was a famine in the land. And, and, it, tries, and it is now qualifying the famine that is a different famine. He says, besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. So Abraham, Isaac is now experiencing famine as his father did. And so he went to Gerar, to the Philistine, Philistine country. The Lord appeared to Isaac and he said, do not go down to Egypt. So we see a difference in how God is doing it. He brought Abraham to Canaan. He brought famine to Canaan. And then he allowed Abraham to go to Egypt. But now we are seeing a different pattern of God, how God works, because God has no set pattern, no, no formula. You can't match him out. He's now saying to Isaac, stay in the land that I have given to your forefather. Stay in the land that I have given to your father, rather. And he says, your father went to Egypt. You do not go to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and I will bless you. So even as God called Abraham and he says, I will make into a great nation, a covenant. Even now covenanting with, with Isaac and he says, stay in the land, do not leave, live there and I will bless you and I will be with you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father, Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because of Abraham, because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. And so we see God is saying to Isaac, stay in the land that I promised your father. I blessed your father with this land because he obeyed me, because he trusted me, because he kept my requirements, because he kept my, kept my decrees and my laws. And because I had promised him this land, stay. Although famine is there, stay. And so we see God is saying in a, in a different situation to Isaac, do not move. Although it is difficult, although the trials are enough, and although it is hard, and you're saying to God, God, I want to move, I want to go, I cannot stay there. He's saying to you, do not move. Stay there. I will be with you. Live in that land. I will bless you. And so verse 6 says Isaac stayed. But Isaac had the same problem that his father had. He developed fear. When the men of that place asked him about his wife, he said, she's my sister. Similar to what his father Abraham did. So we saw, and the scripture said, because he was afraid to say, she's my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill him on account of Rebecca because she's beautiful. And so we see a common pattern. 
And it's like God is saying, there's a common pattern. And if you're not careful, you would say this is a generational curse. There's something that is flowing down. And God is given, God gave the father an opportunity to exercise faith. And he's now given the son an opportunity to exercise faith in the God who provides. And so Isaac thought that if I told these men that this is my sister, and I'm wondering if he knew the story that this is what his father did. Because we don't know, the scripture didn't say. But if he knew, he followed it. And if he didn't know, it was the enemy coming again with the same pattern to say, Isaac, this is how you overcome it. You tell a lie. You say she's my sister because you cannot trust God in these times when you're among strangers. When you're amongst people who you do not know. So Isaac answered. So we see the way Isaac had been there for a long time. And Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife. And that is a giveaway. If they're caressing his wife and nobody knows that you do not caress your sister. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she's really your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. Then Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people. Anyone who molests this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wealth that his, father, his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. And so as I, as I read that scripture, I also observed. I observed and what I walked away with is that God is able to sustain us in the famine. God is able to sustain us in the dry times, in the trial times, in the times when it seems like nothing is happening. We have a God who is a sustaining God. We recognize that God instructs Isaac not to leave. And because he obeyed him, in verse 12, we saw Isaac planting crops in the time of famine. How do you plant in the time of famine? Because there will be no, there will be no water. There will be a drought. And we see him planting and in the same year reaping a hundredfold because the Lord had blessed him. And so as I look at the scripture, I'm realizing it is more about being blessed by the Lord and the Lord being with me than me being anywhere. So I can live in any place once the Lord is with me. I can live in any place once I am where God wants me to be. I can do anything once it is what God has called me to do. And so we see Isaac obeying God. 
and displaying fear in God's providence by repeating exactly what his father did. But we see that God says, because you obeyed me and you stayed, I will bless you. So though we may fear and we may wonder, we may be looking all over the place and wondering, and I know what that feels like because I have wanted to leave Texas so badly. I have wanted to change station and position and everything so badly. I have looked, I have thought, I have prayed, I have, I have questioned, I have quarreled, I have done everything. And I understand when you want to go and you, when you want to leave and you want to go where you think you need to be. And God is saying to you, no, stay there. That's where I have my blessing. Stay there. That's where I want you to be. Stay there. That is where I want you to live. And we realize that although Isaac lived in the land, that God had promised his father Abraham and his descendants. It did not mean that life in the land with, was going to be without trouble or challenge. So even when you're where God wants you to be, you're going to run in hardships. You're going to run in hard, hard times. You're going to have trials. You're going to have problems. Even when you are where, where, where you, God wants you to be and you're obeying him, you are going to have difficulties. But we recognize that prosperity came to Isaac as a result of his obedience because he remained where God told him to be. And his hard work, although there was drought, Isaac had plenty. And so my question to you this morning, are you where God wants you to be or where God told you to be? And I know life can be of such that you want to leave and you want to go where you think it is better. You want to go and, 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 and I know I would want to be where I want to be. I know where I would want to be. What God is saying to us, it's not where you want to be, it's where I know I have provision for you. It's not the job that, because I think about even for me a job, I know the job I would want to be doing. And God is saying, it's not about the job that you want to do. It's because of where I, what I created you to do. And as you trust me, as you exercise faith in me, in, in the position that you find yourself, in the place that you find yourself, in the midst of the trials that you're undergoing and facing, where life is not what you want it to be. And he's saying to us, Bloom where you are planted. Bloom where I have you until I tell you to go. Because if you go before I tell you to move, there will be no provision there for you. If you move before I open the door for you to go, there will be no blessing. I won't even be there with you. And so we see Isaac and Abraham being blessed by God because they obeyed. They obeyed God even in the midst of famine. And I know famine means lack of, lack of food, lack of water, a drought, a trial, a time where you don't even know what to do. And you're saying, God, you're crying out. Because they would have tried everything. They were men of the soil. They knew how to raise cattle. They weren't men living in houses, sitting, sitting under air condition. They were hard-working men. And so they knew what to do. 
They dug wells before because we saw Abraham digging wells. So they know how to dig wells. But nothing was coming because God was moving his people. And so God will, will use farming to move you where he wants to take you. He will use situations to drive you where he wants you to be. It may be a loss of a job, a loss of a loved one, a loss of a child. It may be a calling to a new area. It may be something, but we never know. We will never know until we obey. And we're not only obey, but to stay. Because we can be obedient. And we can go because we feel that, okay, yes, if I go. Because when I was coming to, text, to, to New York, I didn't want to go. But I said, when I reached, I said, God, if you brought me, yes, you have blessing for me. You're going to bless me the same way you blessed me when I was in Jamaica. But when I got there, I recognized, no. He was excess, uh, causing me to develop spiritually. He was doing something in me that may never have been done if I was in my current station. And God is saying to you today, I will use the famine to get you where I want you to be. I have used the famine to get you where I want you to be. But you must stay where I have you. You must obey and I'm realizing after the Lord blessed Abraham and Isaac, you know what? It wasn't about them leaving anymore. The people who blessed them asked them to leave. The people who God brings you in their midst to be a for them to bless you, they now say, you know what, you go, it's time to go. So then you know it is time for you to leave. The Philistine Abimelech said to him, move away from us, you have become too powerful for us. Move away. You have reaped so much. Everything you touched multiplied a hundredfold. Move away, move away. You are too much for us. So we saw that they started to envy him because of the blessing that was upon his life. So Isaac moved away in verse 17. And he encamped in the valley of Gerar. And he settled there. And we saw him now after that. Which I'm not going to go into. Start digging more wells. I want you to stop and think this morning. Because the reality is. Many of us are not comfortable in our current position. And I understand. Many of us would pray that our current position. And status or station changes. And I do understand. But what is God saying to you? Is this, is where you, is, is, is the position, status, place that you are in, was it God who sent you there? Or did you just go on your own? And if it was God who sent you there, is he giving you, are you blessed enough to leave? Are you blessed enough to leave? That's a question we have to ask, or answer rather. Are we, have we received what God told us to go to get? Because he said to Abraham, go, I'm giving you the land for your descendants. 
And he said to Isaac, now that he's in the land, stay where you are, because this is the land I promised your father, because he obeyed me, because he kept my requirements and my decrees and my laws. So do not move away, even though it is hard, stay there. So I want you to think this morning, where are you this morning in God's will? Because when you're smacked in the will of the Lord, that does not protect you or shield you from hard times. Hard times come in the midst of God's will. And those are the times when it shows if we really trust him. Is my relationship with God one out of emotion or one of commitment? Because when we are truly committed to him, in the midst of the hardship, we can truly sing and we say, Lord, I will worship you with all of my worship. No one will worship you for me. As long as there is life in my body, I will breathe because you are my God. But when we are emotionally attached, as the problems come, we want to run. And sometimes God moves us away from what is familiar and where we want to go because he knows that is not good for us. He wants to grow us either spiritually or he wants to grow us materially or financially or whatever thing he wants to do. He knows the best place for that growth. The best place for a, for a cactus to grow is in the desert. And you'll see them thriving there because that is how they were where they were designed to grow. And every other thing that you do, if you take them into a home and you water them every day and you love them and water them, water them, they are guaranteed to die. And so God is saying to you today and to me, where you are, is that where I wanted you to be? And if your answer is yes, what is your response? Are you acting out of fear like Isaac and Abraham? Are you disgruntled? Are you going through the rigor of saying God and you're questioning him? Or are you just waiting for the moment that he says to you, it's time for you to move? And so this morning, I know famine for some is famine of salvation because Amos 8 speaks about the famine of the word. Where a time is coming where the word of God will be so short and lacking. Where having food and having no food and water is nothing in comparison to not having the word. Because it's a word that brings hope. It's a word that brings life. Answer this morning, if you do not know the Savior, if you do not know the God that we spoke about who brought Abraham and Isaac in and through the famine, today is the day. You have been living years, years and little. And you are disgruntled, you are not satisfied because the little is not enough. But you have failed to obey God by stepping out. 
you have failed to obey God by moving up because he's calling you and he's saying to you, come, I have a place of blessing for you because in me you will find blessing and I will be with you. I will guide you. I will be with you and help you to make your, your choices and your decisions. But for years you have not responded and your life has not changed. Actually, it has gotten worse. And God is saying, today is the day. Like Abraham, like Isaac, hear my voice and obey. And as a believer, we go through these dry periods where the Lord is causing us to exercise our faith in him. And we are in a place where we are saying, God, I, I, I don't want to be where I am. I don't want to be around the people that I am living. I don't want to be in the job that I'm in. I don't want to be, and we can continue that list. I don't want to be, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in the apartment I'm living. I don't want to be in the city I'm living. I don't want to be, and we, we know, we can fill in the dots, because all of us have what we don't want to be. And God is saying to us, if you remain where I have you, and trust me that I can sustain you. And trust me that I can provide for you in the midst of the famine. Where there's scarcity, I can give you plenty. I will allow you to go when it is my timing. As well as he may change our hearts. And we want to stay where he has us. Because I remembered even I've been living in New York and it was time to move to Texas. I didn't want to leave Texas, New York. I had grown to love New York. So we have a way of growing to love the thing that we never wanted to have initially. And God is saying to us this morning, I have you. I got you. So I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I want you to talk to the Lord about where you are. You may be happy that you're where you are, you are and he's saying to you, move. And you're saying, God, I can't trust you to move because everything is happening where I am and I'm loving it. Or you may be saying, God, I want to move and he's saying, no, stay where you are. Or you may be going through that time of famine right now and you're saying, God, there's drought, there's trials, there's no food, no water. And he's saying to you, I am more than enough for you. I can sustain you. And you're saying, God, there's so much things happening and I want to change anything. But all you need to do is to come to know me. And so, Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for a word that even as I spoke, I know it's a word that you are speaking to me. It's a my word this morning. If it is nobody's word, it is my word this morning. Stay where you are. Bloom where you're planted until I am finished blessing you where you are. God has the ability to open doors and to move us from one place to the next. He has the ability because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And in him there is no lack. And so this morning, God, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for preparing and speaking through me and speaking to me 
It is a speaking to me this morning. Stay where I am. Stay under the conditions that I am. I'm under. Stay in the lane that I am in. Do not change anything. This is the land that I have called you to. And so, Father, I thank you for giving me an opportunity to trust you. And even though, God, I sometimes cannot understand and I'm weary, when I, tend to, when I look back at what, where you brought me from, when I look back at the mountain that you have caused me to cross over and the valleys that you caused me to go through and the rivers and the bridges that I had to swim under or swim through, God, and I look back, I say, God, thank you for bringing me through because you taught me to be stronger. You taught me to rely and trust in you. You taught me, God, that you are enough when everything else and everyone else is not sufficient. You are enough. And so, Father, I thank you that this morning your word to me is stay. And your word to some is go. But God, I thank you. I pronounce a blessing this morning upon those who hear this morning. Those who are struggling, God, in their faith in you. I pray that this week that you will grow leaps and bounds in the Lord. I pray this morning that you will exercise your faith and see the Lord who promises to be with you and never to leave you. I pray that you will experience God's blessing this morning more than ever before because you chose to obey. And so we look forward to seeing and being with you next week. And so be blessed. In Jesus' name.
great and he's greatly to be praised.
his holy name. Somebody ought to celebrate the awesome God. Oh. 